0: It's time for the Drives Top 5 at 5.
1: All right, here we go. quitting time on your Thursday, 5 o'clock here on Fan Run Radio, and we begin with the Top 5 at 5, brought to you this afternoon by Volunteer Auto Group. Back to Tucker Harlan.
0: Thank you, Russell. At number one, the SEC all-preseason baseball team has been announced, and three Vols made the team. Pitcher Drew Beam is a first-teamer while well, third baseman Billy Amick and second baseman Christian Moore made the second team.
1: I mean, th- th- those are going to be three of our stars this year. I wouldn't be surprised to see somebody else pop up on that list as well. I mean, people just sleeping on Blake Burke after he struggled last year. We'll see if he pops back. Cannon Peebles, Dylan Dryling we got a lot of guys. A.J. Russell, you know, seems to have that second starter spot locked down. So we got some talented players for sure.
0: At number two, VFL, Grant Williams is on the move once again with the NBA trade deadline. The Dallas Mavericks are sending Williams and Seth Curry to the Charlotte Hornets along with a first-round pick in exchange for P.J. Washington. Williams is from Charlotte and played his high school basketball at Providence Day School.
1: Seth Curry's from there, too, right? Yeah. Hmm. They're both going home. Charlotte's just like, well, if we can't be competitive, we might as well bring a bunch of our native sons
2: home. Let's be local. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Kind of respect the move. Might get some more fans in the stands because they stink. Yeah. Jordan sold that franchise, right? He's not Um, involved anymore? I
0: don't think he is. I couldn't remember if he sold all
2: of it or kept, you know, like a minority share. Well,
1: whoever bought it ain't doing any better than he did. No. Mm-mm. Maybe they should go back to being the
2: Bobcats.
0: Oh, the Bobcats were abysmal. <laughs> I'm not sure that's much better.
2: Yeah, so he is still with the team as a minority owner. I don't have the percentages. So he's uh, at least slightly involved with the is, franchise. Is Buzz Peterson still involved? That might be the problem. Oh, yeah. Wasn't he like their head scout? B- he might have Bush. been like the GM or something. Houston, can you do Buzz's voice? I'd have to talk to him, or well, I used I used to kind of know Buzz, but I haven't heard his voice in a long time.
1: I just remember he had those uh, Verizon Wireless commercials. Buzz <laughs> Peterson.
3: Buzz <laughs> <War>. <laughs> do it again, Russ.
1: This is Buzz Peterson, Verizon Wireless.
2: Uh, thing going, assi- assistant GM of the Charlotte Hornets. That might be
1: your
3: problem, guys. <laughs> it's like you think about hiring a winner. What could go that? wrong? You got marble mouth. <laughs> I mean he was sitting on he had a team that what what'd they go with the, the one year difference between him and to, to Buck? Uh
2: oh, I got it. They were fourteen and seventeen. In his final year at Tennessee, six and ten in the conference to a two seed. I don't have that record in front of me, but uh, how many? I
3: can't remember how many players did we add that? I wanted who was new with who came in with Bruce Russ. Do you remember? Like players that year? Yeah, I mean, or did he just take essentially that team that Buzz went fourteen and seventeen? He
1: he didn't add. I think he added Andre Patterson, maybe. I thought that but, was later, but you might be right. It was all it was all uh, buzz guys. I mean, Lofton was already here, Jawan was already here, C.J. Watson, Major Wingate, like all those guys were already here.
3: He went fourteen and seventeen with that bunch.
1: Well, and he was going to get. I mean, the the argument for keeping him was he was going to get Tyler Smith and Jamont Gordon, <laughs> who were both great college players. And, and we ended up getting Tyler later. He went to Iowa first. Jamont went to Mississippi State and had a great career. But, like, I mean, it was a, a touch-and-go situation. Like, there were a lot of people that wanted to bring Buzz Peterson back for a fifth year. And, I mean, you talk about unanswered. Like, who knows? Like, we, we wouldn't get Pearl. He would have gone somewhere else. And who knows what it, Tennessee basketball where we would be.
3: Probably wouldn't have Barnes right now. Probably not. Yeah, the ripples from that go. Good Lord. I'd gotten apathetic by that point, but anyhow, back to the top five.
0: At number three, as of this afternoon, the College Football Playoff Committee has itself a new chairman and Michigan Athletic Director Ward Manuel. He will fill the vacancy left by outgoing NC State Athletic Director and Committee Chair Boo Corrigan, who served as the chair the last two seasons. The what? The The, chairman? The chairman of the committee. Huh.
1: Chairman isn't that's the dude who runs in in a wrestling match and at the end the chairman the chairman.
0: <laughs> chair. It's a
2: dang Super Bowl with a chair man.
3: And <laughs> some dude right here with the chair man.
1: <laughs> by the way, that they is, that is dang Ward Super Bowl. Ward You'll Ward with an E. By the way, I just would so, like to throw that out there.
0: Yeah, it's like Pat Forty. <laughs> Should,
1: shouldn't God. it be wordy, Manuel?
0: Maybe. Go ahead, Tucker. <laughs> <laughs> At number four, Baltimore County police are investigating an alleged domestic assault involving Ravens wide receiver Zay Flowers. The oh. investigation also includes a police department in Acton, Massachusetts, which had acknowledged a domestic violence incident report related to an incident in Baltimore County last month that involved Flowers. That's no good. I don't know. I hope it's
1: Baltimore not true. has had. I mean, through the years, they have had some ugly incidents.
0: Yeah, Ray Rice. good Ray Rice. Uh, Ray, Ray, Ray Lewis. Lewis. Lewis.
1: Uh, I mean, oh, Jamal yeah. Lewis. Like we don't like to talk about it, but he got in some trouble while he was he with the Ravens.
3: A, he kind of made a phone call. Yeah, he did. He made a he, he made a connection for somebody. He didn't. He didn't. He doesn't have two damn bodies on him the way Ray Ray does. Don't you like how they? He's how they've his, like they've completely changed. Like everybody forgets about that man. Yeah, I mean I, it,
0: it covered it up, and no one's discussed it since.
1: I don't know what real. I mean, like I, I always just got the feeling that he wasn't talking to the police. Like he might have known who did. I, like I don't think he killed anybody, but he might have known more than he was letting on. Just didn't want to be a the, snitch.
3: The thing that I, uh, the feeling was from law enforcement was that if he, if he didn't do it. He was sitting right there when it went down. He, he, I don't remember all the details. Yeah, it was somebody. that, But again, you know, I don't, I don't know. But yeah, he's completely rehabbed his image. Well, oh, this bad
1: for uh, bad news for. I mean, obviously, Zay Flowers is is a dude. So
3: uh, I hope that he didn't
1: do anything too terrible.
0: And finally, at number five, an elderly Chinese woman has decided to leave her 2.8 million dollar fortune to her pet cats and dogs, claiming that they were always there for her, unlike her three children. (laughs) (laughs) The the woman made her first will some years back, splitting all the possessions among her three children. But she recently, (laughs) recently, (laughs) I can't even read this. She recently had a change of heart after being neglected. By her human offspring,
1: I feel like we've had another story like this before.
0: <laughs> I think so, but I think this one would.
3: Why is was this tickling you so States. much?
0: <laughs> it's just funny the way he read it, and they, I can
2: just picture her having to read that. No, to I was talking to him. Oh. He can't
3: even read it. He's laughing so
2: damn hard. Wow! I, wow. I, you I wish to leave this to, to my cats. All the
1: movies where they're sitting down around a lawyer's <laughs> yeah. death, the eager family gathers around. Who's going to inherit the old lady's fortune? And he opens up the envelope, and
2: it's going to the cats. This is an outrage. Not my dirty, terrible children, Frank, so- Carl, and Lisa,
0: who did nothing for me. Well so uh, Chinese law actually forbids people from leaving possessions to their pets, but hmm. after consulting a lawyer, there may be a loophole here that <laughs> this woman has found. She is not giving that to her kids, I how, yeah, how promise you. How does that
1: work? How do, you, how do you distribute $2 million to animals?
3: I'd say she'd leave it in some kind of trust for their care and then she, it, on their death. That's a lot of treats. If, if I were her, and I really <laughs> felt that strongly about it, when, I, when the last pet died, I would direct the trust to be di- dispersed to animal charities. Okay. Do you, so you think d- that they like keep the
1: house and they just have an executor? <laughs> some, somebody goes in there to feed the cats every day, change out the litter box. I don't know. I feel like, like I have that job.
3: I mean, if I'm getting paid. Gosh, man. I've you just put on a mask and go in there and scoop it out and.
0: I've got a little bit of an explanation.
3: I'd be taking really good care of those cats.
0: She appointed a veterinary clinic as the administrator of her wealth. And trusting it with caring for her beloved pets. Yeah.
3: So those things will be. Those things will live forever, dude.
0: It's not really going to the pets. It's just going to the vet clinic. Yeah,
3: but they're going to be taken care of. Yes. What if they keep like the cat's head alive in a jar, just to keep it alive for? Oh, okay. You? Keep that $2 Thank million. you. That wow. That is
1: outstanding work, uh, folks. We'll be live tomorrow. Volunteer Auto Group. Rev up your savings at Volunteer Auto Group, 1501 Callahan Drive in North Knoxville, your one-stop destination for quality vehicles at unbeatable prices. Come out tomorrow, see us, and you can cruise through their vast selection of pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs. They've got the flexible financing options that make it easy for you to drive home today at Volunteer Auto Group, where every deal's a winner, 1501 Callahan Drive, check them out at vollauto.com, and we will be broadcasting there live tomorrow from 3 until 6 p.m. right here on Fan Run Radio. Going to be big fun. Well, I tell you what, I'm looking forward to our conversation here in about 10 minutes with Jabari Small, the former Tennessee running back is going to join us on the show. You know, he's hoping to hear his name called in the draft and He's a guy that was, you know, sneaky productive here. Like
3: Oh yeah. He's a key a, a key part of Tennessee's, you know, rising like a phoenix out of the you know, where our program was, man. He's made a lot he made a lot of big plays. He busted some true big freshman runs. on
1: that 2020 team that went 3 and 7. He could have bailed. He could have gone somewhere else. He stuck it out and was part of the big turnaround.
3: Yeah. And a team leader. He helped rebuild the program back to what it should be.
1: No doubt. So uh, Jabari, set to join the show here in a few minutes. In the meantime, let's catch up with Rusty up next on the drive. Hello, Rusty.
4: Hey, guys. Uh, can't believe you left off Brian Childress, mm. that first team that Bruce brought in.
1: Chili. The hit, big hit fella. A big
4: three po- hit, a, hit a big three-pointer up at Rupp. Which was one of the key shots in that ball game when we when we beat them that first year up there, um, yeah. So it it was Juwan hadn't really ever played before the previous year under Buzz, so he was a new cog. And he
3: was Patterson a walk on was wasn't wasn't right from UCLA,
4: yeah. right? And then and Patterson from UCLA and Childress. So those were the three new guys that played on that team. Assume new was back. Lofton Watson, Major, um, yeah. That, and Bradshaw; those guys were all back from the year before, but that was a fun turnaround. Um, and then a couple of years later, we, we stopped playing a fun style of basketball. We started playing boring basketball, and uh, some, somehow, with probably the worst team we had under that run, we made it to uh, we made it to the Elite Eight. So that's a weird sport.
1: Yeah, that 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 was weird. How we went away from the. Run and gun pressing style and actually ended up going further in the tournament. But to me, that Rusty, like that just shows like the unpredictable nature of the tournament and it's just all about matchups and getting hot at the right time and all that stuff.
4: It's almost like single elimination basketball tournaments are are kind of random. A little bit. Yeah. So last night, the only thing I would say about last night's game that bothered me. Um, In the second half, when they made their run, I just noticed a couple times the big kid for LSU, who has a pretty nice turnaround jump shot for a seven-footer, by the way, that kid, um, there was a couple times whenever Jonas had the ball just in our normal flow of the offense, he ended up with the ball at the top of the key, um, just outside the three-point line. And that big kid from LSU was just standing under the basket, basically like saying, uh, you know I'm not going to go out there with you, right? And Jonas didn't even look to take the shot, which I feel like if he's going to be out there and he's going to be wide open, he's going to have to take a couple of those shots. Um, and
1: he, he used to take those shots, and he used to be, make them at a decent rate. He
4: used to. He used to make one out of five of those, which is all you really got to do to keep the defense honest. Um, yep. But. He he wasn't even considering it last night, and I he hadn't really considered one in about four ball games. I, I don't know if that's the coaching staff saying no more doing it, but if they are saying that, um, there's going to be more and more seven footers waiting at the rim when Connect gets there, and that's not a that's not a good thing for this team. Mm.
1: Pull the trigger, Jonas. I mean, I just it depends. You know, probably don't want him gunning that one up there with 20 left on the shot clock, but. Um, if it's good no, luck and it's in no. the flow of the offense, I don't have a problem with him ripping that one.
4: Yeah, he. I just feel like t- twice a ball game when it's wide open and we're under yep. 15 on the shot clock, I feel like take. It. I'm with you. Um, that's about That's about all I have. Can't wait to hear what Jabari says. I do want to end with this. My good buddy Christopher, who, I, who I, I adore this dude, he told me something pretty wise a couple years ago, which is don't engage – with
3: people that are beneath you, and I'll just leave it at that. Oh, ho, ho.
1: Ho, ho, ho. oh! Shots fired. Who? Who? I I can't even remember who took the shot at Rusty earlier. Pojo, Joe.
4: top
3: roped him. He was he was just he was careening around the room, punching everybody in the face. Well, insulting and, and me. And Rusty did that Rusty. thing
1: where it's like I'm not going to respond, but I I kind of am going to respond in a really harsh way.
3: Yeah, just let him know he's beneath him.
1: Yeah. I mean, that. That's, 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 as, that's as harsh as anything Pojo had to say. You think? I don't know. Pojo took some cheap shots. He's questioning the man's value as a human being. He said he's beneath
2: him.
3: What'd Pojo call him?
2: Uh, well, Pojo said he had sleep apnea, and the best way to fall <laughs> asleep was to listen to Rusty, Rusty talk. I feel like that's kind of... It's a cheap shot. It's,
1: it's very cheap shot. I mean, that's a, a full-on <laughs> frontal assault. It's not a nice thing to say. (laughs) It's a little out of line,
3: you know.
1: I mean, I'm I'm for a rusty pojo feud. All the rest of the caller feuds have has fizzled out. Maybe, maybe. (laughs) I mean, Phil Phil
3: went from challenging trade to saying he's got a lot of good points in 24 hours today.
1: Phil did basically admit to being smashed on air yesterday. So
3: yeah, he was well oiled.
1: Good, he can walk that back. When we continue, Jabari Small joins the festivities. We'll talk to him about his Tennessee career and his professional football future. Stay with us. The drive continues. More Fan Run Radio coming up. Welcome back. The Drive continues on Fan Run Radio. I'm Russell Smith on a Thursday afternoon slash evening edition of The Drive. Thanks for being with us as we are pleased to be joined now by a special guest. He is now former Tennessee running back Jabari Small. Jabari, good afternoon. How are you, sir?
5: Good afternoon. I'm doing well. How about yourself? Hey,
1: I'm doing very good, man. Is it a little bit weird after four years playing football at Tennessee to be introduced as a former
5: Vol now? <laughs> it's definitely new man it's, it's crazy it, it it definitely flies for sure well tell us a little bit about
1: what you've been up to since the season uh obviously you know you opted out of the bowl game chasing your nfl dreams and future just what has that been like that process for you
5: yeah man the, the process is definitely uh you know something to get accustomed to basically just a lot of a lot of training i, I did some, some some senior bowl games uh just to, Get in front of the scouts, and you know, just kind of showcase what I look like in a traditional NFL type of offense. But for the most part, it's been a lot of a lot of forty training, uh, a lot of drill work, just continually to, to work on my game. You know what I mean? So uh, after I, I opted out of the bowl game, I just shot down in Miami, where I'll be training and try to get a head start on, you know, getting acclimated to how things are run as far as uh, a forty and be ready for, you know, workouts and things of that nature.
1: When it comes to running that forty, I mean, I, I would imagine for a running back, they're probably you know you're an offensive lineman, even defensive lineman, you know you're um, maybe it's not quite as important, but you're a running back. I mean, that's literally the the, the number. It's it's in the job title, right? You're a runner, and uh, I, that's got to be incredibly important. How hard is it to to just focus on that and just you know you're talking about shaving off just hundredths of a second can be the difference right. between. Uh, you know, getting drafted in one round or the other, and uh, you know, money when it comes to signing that contract.
5: Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, I mean, it's definitely what you said. It just comes down to the technique of things, and just, just knowing like every tenth of a second, like everything matters. You know, and that forty yards, like it can make or break you. You know, not it's it's not as a uh, you know make or break as you may think, but like you know, any waste of movement, any anything you don't do right from what your coach. Like it'll it'll show in a time. So uh, it definitely can help you or hurt you. You know, it's that type of that type of ball game, uh that type of profession. So you uh, definitely want to put your best best foot forward running a
1: forty. Jabari small with us this afternoon on the show. And you know, Jabari, you were part of some this this great turnaround, right? That Tennessee football had. Uh, you were part of a three and seven team, your freshman year, and then you you go to the Orange Bowl, you're part of the the team this year. And, uh, you know, ran for a lot of yards, all that stuff. The the thing that, like, I I remember, I won't say remember you most about, but, like, the 2022 season, when you're out there and and you're playing hurt, man, like, you could tell. It's like, okay, how many carries can Jabari go for today? It might be three. It might be 15. But when you got hit on that shoulder, it was all over. You're able to get that healthy – and everything. Uh, what was it like to go through that playing football in the SEC? at such a physical position, and just trying to stay healthy—the stuff the public doesn't see.
5: Yeah, uh, I would say just the support of uh, you know my the people that were around me. You know, I had uh, great teammates, great coaches, and obviously my family. Like it wasn't—it wasn't easy. You know, it, it definitely uh, it didn't go how I planned. I didn't plan on playing my junior year. Uh, with a hurt shoulder, you know, so uh, that definitely didn't go into plan. So I just had to adjust and just, uh, just learn from it as far as like, um, how do you respond? You know, things happen for a reason, and you know, it just taught me. It taught me a lot about myself, and you know, what type of teammate what I will I be, what type of player. How how could I change my game to become a, a more effective player without, you know, putting my shoulder at risk? While at the same time, you know, being that same guy, that same running back. That I've been and I, that I know myself to be, so it was definitely tough. But you know, it doesn't—it's it, not one person. It takes a whole village, man. I have a great, great supporting cast around me to help me get through it, and you know, uh, I learned a lot from that season. Like it was, it was—it was fun playing with those guys. Like I played with a lot of NFL players, man. We won eleven games, eleven to twelve. So I really, you know, I would cherish that those most forever.
1: Yeah, like we said, you know, you had the the three and seven year, your freshman year, and then the the second year. I, th- I think you guys went six and six, or give or take a game. You go to the the Music City Bowl. What? What? When did you know Jabari that that twenty twenty two team what was something different? Was something special? You guys made it to number one in the college football playoff rankings. Obviously, won the Orange Bowl. When did you know that? Hey, this wasn't going to be just another so-so Tennessee team. This was going to be the special team that Tennessee fans hadn't seen in a long, long time.
5: Yeah, I think that 2021 season. That 2021 season, we were flashing. I think Uh, we just we didn't we weren't the best closers. I would say we we would be very inconsistent, but I think like we were flash. Like what type of team we could be with Hendon emerging. And uh, just becoming that guy, Uh, you know, as far as, like, Cedric Tillman, we had a a lot of pieces coming back as well. And, you know, I was coming into my own as far as the defensive players. I think we started towards the the end of the season. I think the first game was a Kentucky game of 2021 at Kentucky. That was a pretty big win for us, like, just as far as, like, you know, Kentucky was a team. They hold the ball. They, uh, They give us limited opportunities on offense. And we were just going back back and forth, back and forth, train blows and we came out with the, with the win and then it carried all the way into the bowl game against Purdue. We didn't win that game, but going into that next season, we had a, a chip on our shoulder and we were pretty confident about, you know, who we were as a team and where, where we could go, especially with key pieces coming back.
1: thing that stands out to me, my memory, that 2021 season, Jabari, was you know, the, the, the loss at Florida and I, I think there was a feeling amongst the fans of, well, you know, uh, it, it's just going to take some time for Coach Hypel to build it up, but then I remember you guys went to Missouri and just blasted them.
5: Right, and, like we were flashes, field. right. Yeah, like, yeah, I forgot about twenty twenty one Missouri, like, we show flashes even the Florida game, I always always when we play Florida, it's never Florida, it's always us, you know what I mean? Like, it's never, if we lose to Florida, it's never really too much of what they're doing. And it was the same case about that 2021 season, you know, we came back and Beat Missouri that year at 63 points. Like, we were so flashes of what type of team we could
1: be. So. Yeah, I mean, that, that felt like to me, attorney, but you guys went out and base. you know, people could say, well, it's Missouri, it's a one game thing. And y'all went out and basically did the same thing the next week against South Carolina. And I, to me, Jabari, that was when, it just as an outsider looking in, it's like, oh, this hype offense is something different and teams are not ready for this.
5: Mm yeah, they, they weren't, like, Coach Hypo, man, he's, he has his own, like, creative, he's he's a genius, like, he's an offensive genius, and he's so, he's so specific about everything within the offense, like, you think it's just a hurry-up offense, but he actually is scheming up defenses, you know, just studying their tendencies, like, putting us in, in great positions to succeed, so, man, Coach Hype like, that, that offense is, it's still gonna be hard to stop. Like, and he he does a great job of adapting to player skill sets. Like, that's what a lot of co- a good that's what a lot of good coaches do. They adapt to their player skill sets. And I think Coach Apple has done that, and he'll just continue to do that as well.
1: Well, and for you, it's got to be interesting, right? Because you you you're recruited by Jeremy Pruitt, yeah. and you know you went through the the rough year in 2020. So. Like, I don't even know, I, you know, maybe UCF recruited you a little bit coming out of high school, but you you probably weren't thinking about that. You wanted to play in the SEC, I'm sure. And, uh, you know, that's got to be difficult for a young player, Jabari. To, you know, a new coach comes in, new system and everything. Were you on board from day one, or did you think, hey, you know, in this day and age of the transfer portal, I could get up out of here and go start somewhere new?
5: Yeah, right. Uh, honestly, for, for me, um, you know my freshman year, I was behind two NFL backs uh with Todd Chandler and Eric Gray, soaked up as much information as I can from those guys, and you know I just took it as an opportunity when they left uh and, you know it was just a it was just a chance to, to paint my own canvas like just start my own journey as far as being the the face of, of the running back room so that's what I took it as and you know i I didn't as long as I was at Tennessee, I was gonna give my all, and that's what I did, and I just believe in coach hype um he's taught me so much about the ins and outs of what it takes to win, and he made a great first impression on Mm -hmm. on me personally, and as well as the whole team, as you can see from the success Mm -hmm. he's had, but, like, man, it was no question about me transferring. Like, I've never transferred my whole life. I never will. Like, that's just not me. Uh, I'm going to stick through it, and I I feel like, you know, as long as I do my job and do my part, everything happens for a reason. So, uh, it was definitely Mm -hmm. a great experience, and, you know, just staying down and just believing in the
1: process and believing in myself as well talking with vfl jabari small this afternoon here on the drive and jabari you mentioned you know playing your freshman year behind the likes of ty chandler and eric gray what a learning experience that was for you and then sort of like you and Jalen Wright have kind of been those dudes the past couple of years um what was that like for you uh, teaming up to be a great two-headed monster with Jalen, and then your thoughts on you know Dylan Sampson and Cam Seldon perhaps being the next uh, Jabari Small, Jalen Wright, Eric Gray, yeah. Ty uh, Chandler?
5: Yeah. Uh, first off, with Jalen, man, that was it was just fun with, with Jalen. Wright. Like it was, we're like brothers. We still have text right now. We we check in on each other here and there. Uh, but it was fun, man. Like just a constant competition, just a constant support, the constant like you know just growth together that was fun to be a part of and you know our last game together we you know we hugged it up and was like dang we really you know I'm saying we really went on this journey together like we'll be brothers forever like it was definitely fun to do that with Jalen and as far as uh and Cam like it's going to be the same thing with those guys like they have they have the the blueprint they they have the coaching they have the the you know the knowledge and they were able to learn and sit back and learn and and now it's their time. Like it's, they're going to take advantage of the opportunity. And uh, Those guys, they, they don't say much. Uh, they just put their head down and work. And I'm expecting big things out of those guys. Like it's, it's going to be the same thing with those guys. They're going to do their thing.
1: Talking with Jabari Small this afternoon. Jabari, you look back at your UT career. You've mentioned some of the great memories you've had, the great teams you've been a part of. Anything else stand out to you as just favorite memories of your college career?
5: <laughs> I think you could probably take a while. I guess. It's my favorite memory uh, it'll it'll be the Bama game twenty twenty two for sure. It'll be the Bama game twenty twenty two. That was that was something that I would never forget. That was something that'll be something I always cherish. Just you know, actually being in the moment, you know, celebrating with our fans, and uh, you know, just being Bama. Just kind of you know, getting out of that drought from from all those years we came up short against those guys. So it would definitely be, you know, the 2022 Bama game and all the ball walks and all the, the passionate fans, man. It's just something that, you know, when you're in it, you kind of you kind of realize it, but, you know, not being out of it, it's definitely something that was special.
1: No doubt. So you're getting ready for the draft. Um, I saw you played in the East-West Shrine game down in Dallas, right? Yeah. Yes, sir. What was that experience like?
5: man that that experience was amazing we got hands on coaching uh from n f l coaches uh got to meet with uh thirty two of the teams Is with interviews as far as just them getting to know you kind of you know getting to know your football knowledge how you came up like your background and things of that nature so it's it was a it was a lot like this process is um uh, it has it has its, it has its uh, challenges but man it's something that you signed up for and that you've been waiting on your whole life man the shambo provided me with uh, a tremendous opportunity, which is all one could ask for, you know what I mean? So, the Strong Bowl was amazing. I got to talk to, you know, a lot of the teams and just get coached with hands-on NFL coaches. Like, there's nothing more you can ask for from somebody that's trying to chase their dreams in the NFL. So, the Strong Bowl was amazing.
1: you feel like you are pretty healthy coming out of the season?
5: Yeah, I was pretty healthy, man. I was one of the more healthy. like, I've never been as healthy actually coming into this time of the year. So, I felt like I was pretty healthy.
1: Good deal, good deal. Did you have a favorite NFL team growing up?
5: Uh, I didn't have a favorite NFL team growing up. I yeah, I didn't have a favorite NFL team. I was just, I just was fans of you know running backs. Really, like uh, I'm true story of the game. I watched a lot of running backs growing up, and, and during my time, it was the Chris Johnsons, the Jamal Charles, the Adrian Petersons, those type of guys. So I just follow running backs growing up.
1: Okay, okay. So, you're one of the guys that doesn't matter where you play, just as long as you get a chance to play in the NFL, you'll be happy.
5: Yeah, definitely. Like, if if they're picking me up, I think it's a happy medium. I want to be there, they want me to be there, and it's just, you know, the best job in the world, like playing football. Like, so, man, anywhere I will go, um, I'll be appreciative and, you know, honored.
1: Well, Jabari, it's great to hear that you're doing well, my friend. Uh, thanks for spending some time with us this afternoon, and uh, congratulations on a great UT career. Like I said, man, you you were part of the rebirth of Tennessee football. It it hadn't been much fun for a long time for for Tennessee fans, for you know a proud tradition, as as you're well aware of, and had fallen on hard times. And you were part of the team that brought it back. So. I know the fans will always be uh, have fond memories of you but also we're pulling for you man and and hope to see you playing on Sundays next year.
5: Oh yeah, I appreciate it man. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Have a great evening. That's Jabari Small, Tennessee running back. Great conversation with him, man. Yeah, he got so, uh
3: he got he got fired up when you brought up that Missouri game, didn't he?
1: Yeah. So so glad to see him uh healthy and and in a good spot and you know, that dude will play in the NFL, man. Like, I, I don't know. I'm not one of these draft gurus or anything, but, I mean, that was a great two-headed tandem that he had with Jalen Wright. And that, that was cool to hear him talk about that brotherhood. And just because, you know, that could be, that could be, a, that could be a, a competitive situation. And not all the time guys don't, don't always get along on an 85-man football team, but it seems like they were close friends and will continue to be. And, you know, hopefully we keep that tradition going with Samson and Cam Seldon next year. And Absolutely. Going to be some opportunity for some other guys to earn some carries as well. So, uh, great talk right there with Jabari Small. We appreciate him spending some time with us this afternoon. we got to take one more commercial break right here. We'll be right back to wrap things up. If you want to jump in, speak now, forever, hold your peace, 865 865- 546-8200. Your number to get on board. The shocking conclusion of the drive coming up. Back here on the drive, wrapping up a Thursday afternoon edition of the show. Don't forget tomorrow we'll be live from Volunteer Auto Group on Callahan Drive in North Knoxville. Make plans now to come out and see us then. Should be a lot of fun. Jabari Small on the program, Bear. What did you
3: learn? Um, the the two things that really jumped out at me were when you mentioned the hammer job on Missouri, and he immediately cut. He's like, "Yeah, that was one of the times they, you know, like when they flashed." And just the way he talked about the 2021 season, and they kind of, you know, it sounded to me like they they kind of figured out, yeah, we're pretty good. And and then the other thing that jumped out at me was, I mean, how do you refer to Coach Hypo as an offensive genius? Offensive yep. genius. So, and then, you know, like, uh, you know, what you were talking about, this relationship with Jalen, and, uh, I mean, that that's something about, you know, Hypel and the – it's a great thing about the program. Like, this is not the – you know, Hennon and Joe had a really good relationship. It it doesn't seem like a, there's a lot of negative stuff team-wise. They've got a really good, you know, culture. It's a really good culture over there. Yeah. That's important. It's, it's man. a buzzword that gets thrown around
1: too much to the point where we all just sort of roll our eyes. But it, it really is important, and you, and you see it when you have good coaches. Rick Barnes, Josh Heupel, they, they have it. And Tony the coaches Mantella. that struggle, you know, I mean, like uh, when I think of Florida, it's like they got players down there, but it just seems all messed up, man. They're transferring and fighting and coaches leaving and everything. That seems like a really bad culture that they have down there. Well,
3: I mean, not taking a shot at him, guys, but, I mean, Butch had a ton of NFL talent at his disposal. And,
2: he also and, had a lot of guys leave very unhappy yeah, with their we, time here.
3: Yeah, had a terrible culture behind the scenes, and you can't – I mean, you can win some games, but you're not going to win the kinds of games that you have to win to, to get to where we want to go, which is – got to be able to – you aren't beating Alabamas and Georgias and teams like the best teams with, you know – a rickety program behind the scenes. I thought did. it was refreshing
1: to hear a guy and, you know, I, I hope this isn't a, I hope he's not the last of a dying breed, but when he said he never considered transferring just because he never has like going back, I think he went yeah. to Mip Briarcrest. Like, uh, that, that was pretty, that, that's pretty cool. And, you know, indicative of a, of a guy who's got some character.
3: Oh yeah. Yeah. And everything that like, you know, I was sitting here thinking about it. We mentioned how healthy he was right now. and, He's one of those guys that, like, it wouldn't surprise me if he goes on and, and, and has a, a solid professional career. And you know, i always be like, man, what if that guy hadn't, you know, had bad luck with injuries and, you know, I mean, especially, um, you know, he's more of a kind of a, as, you know, small in stature as he is, he's more of a between the tackles kind of, you know, he had set up the middle and he had the shoulder problems and just, wonder what if what if he had been healthy fully healthy well, I mean, he court. was a, he you, you say that but he was
1: productive as hell here and did not miss a lot of time like he played through that injury the 2022 season mm-hmm. and i mean he like he was very good very productive here had you know some big runs uh, against he, kentucky I, I seem to remember a couple of oh, they long ones that he him.
2: popped that that's the one. If I can think of one play with Jabari Small, that okey doke juke move he had up Woo. there in 2021. Hit the R button. That was special. I was cackling. Oh yeah, I just I, that's funny. I was too. I just immediately started dying laughing like, at how embarrassing that was for yeah. that Kentucky guy.
3: Like, this it's it's just different. You're he just he
2: dipped that shoulder and just went the opposite way. It was it was it was awesome. I always get a little protective when guys leave early or, you know, what are they going to say about Tennessee when they leave? How did they – it sounds like this guy leaves with a lot of respect for the university, for his coaching staff, for his time here. I know things probably didn't go the way he wanted this season, but he, I think he has a really good approach, and it maybe it kind of worked out for the better. If he's as healthy as he's ever been, that gives him a really good chance to impress at, you know, pro day. I don't know if – I doubt he'll make the combine, but if he has a good pro day, like he'll get – You know, drafted later, scooped up. Yeah, I mean, he's –
3: he kept a lot of – I mean, it saved him a lot of mileage and Mm -hmm. and allowed him a chance to to fully recuperate. He still had a good year. says,
1: while you guys were doing that cat story, there was actually a TV ad running about leaving an estate to a cat where uh, the lawyer had the kids and the cat in his office. Really? While the will is being read. (laughs) What's – timing perfection
3: what do they saying to that cat you're just staring daggers at it
1: yeah i, I don't know i'd be sad i mean that'd be tough what, man but how, how does you, you cat get to, get to decide who he wants to leave it to
3: you may you would have to make provisions in your will so those cat th- lawyers no
0: i don't know but those things have nine lives that's
3: that's 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 really that's really you proud
0: of yourself, Tucker.
3: <laughs> You've got a banner day here on the drive.
1: The way Bear emphatically and definitively said no to the question "Do cats have lawyers?" is without a doubt my favorite part of this show today.
0: <laughs> oh, they don't have lawyers. They have one in China, apparently.
3: Dom Russell,
0: <laughs> stupid. They <laughs> got somebody says,
3: representing that estate, though. It's looking out for the cat's best interest, it sounds like.
1: David says taking care of millionaire cats could be a career move Bear might want to look at. It's a little mean. I feel like it? that's something you could do simultaneously with this, Bear. You can get up and go check on the cats in the morning, come produce the show. And How then, would you guys feel and about then right back to the, the cat, cats? Cat, yeah, swim by and me. make sure they're all good before you go home at night.
0: I'll just bring the cats with me. They're millionaire cats. they got to pay you well, right? Yeah.
1: The
0: cat keeper. Cats are low what
3: uh, The inside cat. I like outside cats. That's the kind of cats that I like. <laughs> I just set a, a bowl of food out and some water out for you.
1: Those There is something to be said for that. But the thing about those is they attract other cats, and mm. then all of a sudden you're that guy in the neighborhood with like 10 cats in the backyard.
0: Like the Pied Piper.
3: Yeah, but, I mean, it's a circle of life thing, Russ. Uh, eventually, if you get that many cats in your backyard – you're gonna then you're gonna have some coyotes
1: well that's when i yeah i mean you can come out and find a disemboweled cat one day yeah i'd imagine like i i when uh i, I remember walking in this neighborhood a year or two ago and hearing just because we got some coyotes too out here and just hearing something i a cat or a dog just shrieking and oh. just like you imagine, like, what in the hell is happening over there? Hey, Circle make
0: of the, life's what's happening over there. They <laughs> make the worst sounds. Those coyotes.
1: I don't think it was the coyote making the sound.
0: Really? No. I think it was a... The prey?
1: pussy cat?
3: <laughs> I don't know. There's a... Uh, my neighbor's cat i put up against a coyote. Charles Manson.
0: That's what you call the cat?
3: Yeah. Like a 15-pound fully feral, unneutered Tomcat. It's like orange and white. He's a killer.
1: Josh wanted us to ask Jabari Small how he feels about Mincy shooting his mouth off. I did not see that tweet, Josh, before uh, or during the interview. That would be a question. I would love to get his thoughts like off the air. Jabari's pretty polished. I you know, I, I feel like he would probably play it safe, but I'd imagine he thinks that dude's a clown.
3: Yeah, but he's not going to say that because, like, not, said, not speaking for him, but he sounds uh, he, he's he's a professional who's you know. Well, and and that you know Jabari's
1: very polished on air. That you know that's Mincy's problem. He's not polished, man. Like nobody, like he just I, I don't know what his deal. I I don't know him personally, but to me that that's like a guy that needs a
3: well, that's why, a mentor
1: to help help him you know with his public persona.
3: That's why Mincy's on his third college. Yeah. <laughs> and right. Jabari's never transferred. He or thought a, about it. He went well, to Briarcrest and he point. spent four years at UT and now he's getting ready to play professional yeah. football.
0: Mincy wants the Kentucky to get coached into him. It he's also, for it.
2: It also doesn't help Mincy that he transferred to Kentucky because that media, that's all they want to talk about is, oh, talk about Tennessee. Bash on Tennessee. They're going to keep feeding him these questions until he stops answering them. And at this point, I'm I'll, a little worried he may not stop answering them I'll and trying to pop will. off.
3: Well, I mean, all I know is, is, is he's got a he's got a date. He's, he's got a date with James Pierce and some other guys along that defensive line coming up and Are they gonna put him at left tackle? If they do, he's gonna get abused
2: by some of the speed rush ins in this league. Like well he is he like a guaranteed starter for them? I don't know what they bring back on the offensive line. Of wondering. I mean physically
3: he's you know, he's got all the size and strength in the world. He's, yeah. just, he's a knucklehead, man.
1: Have they? Do they have a new coordinator yet?
2: I don't know. That's a good question. Does it matter? Well, that was that was funny. In the last uh, interview he did, I think this was after Cohen left, he was talking about their pro-style offense and how they don't run hurry up, and it's not about gimmicks. It's about... And I'm just thinking, you literally just lost your offensive coordinator. How do you know what you're going to be running if you haven't hired the replacement yet?
1: I'm sure they'll hire somebody of a similar I, w- I would think so,
2: too. I would think so, too. It was just a little strange. Yeah, you don't uh, think yeah Stoops I, don't, will, I don't think they're going to be, be bringing in,
1: in a hypo slash kingsbury right, right. or anything like that.
3: Huh. Well, it seems like everybody else is kind of trending that way.
2: Toward, you know... Yeah, but Stoops is so hes so old school and locked in. Uh, apparently they might be looking at Georgia Tech's offensive coordinator, this from three days ago, Buster Faulkner.
0: What a
3: name.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just reading the names here. That sounds like a Kentucky
1: OC if I ever heard one.
2: It's oh, Buster, Buster Faulkner. Faulkner. Oh, yeah. That's the only tweet that I can find that even mentions a name since Cohen announced he was going to the Bucks.
3: Jimmy Ray, he runs big
2: boy, real football. He doesn't do that gimmicky stuff like
3: like fake UT does. He, what is this, He shot, do that, that gimmicky
1: stuff that always ends up beating us by about 40 points. Who who would want to run an offense like that? Well, the, I mean,
3: the other thing Mincy said that was just, it was kind of like, dude, do you realize how bad that makes yourself sound? You're basically saying that you transferred and, and you didn't like running hurry up because you were always out of breath because you couldn't get in shape to play it.
1: I don't I don't get any special pleasure picking on that guy. He seems no, like I
3: just don't, he just, just He
1: he's where he belongs. Let's put it that way. Mm,
3: yeah. You
1: know, we we, we get you you want to be where you belong in life, somewhere where you fit in, hopefully. And uh I think you know, Zalance Heard, Waffle House, those guys are where they belong. I think Mincy's probably in a better spot for him. I wish him well, man. I like I I hope it works out for him. I think he's going to get abused when they come back to Neyland. I think popping off is probably like their only chance of beating Tennessee is if we overlook them and, and all that. stuff. And that's like, there's no way that's going to happen now because no, it's going to be personal and that never goes well for Kentucky. The only times they've ever beaten Tennessee is when we were distracted or just horrendously coached and.
3: You know, that. <laughs> Why would you want to gas up? I mean, our defensive line, it that's mean, one thing about our team. I mean, they're, they're borderline psycho. They're incredibly talented. Why would you want to gas those guys up?
1: He's not thinking about it. Yeah. He, he ain't thinking. All right, boys, uh, good one today. Any parting thoughts before we let overtime Bill and the boys come in and take over?
3: Uh, everybody come see us tomorrow at Volunteer Auto on Callahan Drive. Never know who you might see, and it's been fun. It's good having you back, Russ.
1: Good being back, Houston. You coming out to grace us with your presence tomorrow?
2: Yeah, I guess we need to work through the logistics of We're, that.
3: We've already. Uh, yeah, is, yeah, oh, we'll, we'll, is we'll, it we'll work get, through?
2: I'd planned on we'll, it, but if I can't, then I our post show meeting will will begin here shortly. Okay, ten yeah. four.
0: Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So,
3: Tucker, anything you want to put a bow on your performance today? <laughs>
0: I've got no more parting thoughts. What all they say, Houston? A dang Super Bowl in the chair, man.
3: (laughs) He's the chairman of the board, Houston.
0: You want me to be young Philip Fulmer so bad.
3: (laughs) Well, you're working like heck.
0: I am working like heck. tickled to death.
3: (laughs) He was tickled to death about that story about the woman and the cats.
1: All right, fellas, we will talk to you all tomorrow. We'll be live at Volunteer Auto Group on Callahan Drive. For Bear, Houston, and Tucker, I'm merely Russell Smith. Talk to you tomorrow right here on Fan Run Radio.